discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for your sons and your daughters this morning. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that your word heals us and causes us to know what is most important in life. Thank you for your blessings upon our lives. Thank you that we are increased in glory, even as we hear your word. Our souls are changed from one level of glory to the other. Transformations, healings, blessings, graces are released upon all of your children all around the world, watching, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, so, God wants to help you know what is most important. Don't spend your life on things that are not important. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9, Jesus ascended before his disciples as he was talking to them. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So the disciples were watching while Jesus was taken up. Jesus levitated before them. And then continued going and going and going and going. And as he was going, he was still giving instructions. And then he entered the, the, the skies. And then that was it. They couldn't see him again. Verse 10. He says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. They were gazing. They were shocked at the sight. They were shocked. You know, earlier on in Jesus' ministry, when Nathaniel met him, when he met Nathaniel, he told told Nathaniel that he had seen him under uh, uh, the, the, the tree. You know, he was so impressed. He was like, wow, you saw me. Then Jesus said that if you are amazed about this one, what will you do when you see, you know, the Son of Man ascend back to where he came from? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it happened. He ascended on that day. So they were shocked. They were looking. I can tell you that they would have spent all their lives there, still looking into the sky. They could have, they would bath, they would do everything. They would sleep there because they they are looking, still looking. This is serious thinking that maybe he will return after some few minutes. But the angel, God intentionally put those two angels there to alert them that, listen, you are not supposed to be gazing up. Do you see? Get to work. Occupy till I come. Get many born again. Do what I've asked you to do. Get many saved. Get many to grow in the Lord. Get many to prepare for my return. So he told them, you are not supposed to be gazing up. You saw him go, it's the same way he's going to come. A cloud received him out of their sight. And he's going to come with that same cloud. And we know that the clouds are Christians, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you read in Jude 1, 14, the Bible says that, And Enoch, the seventh from Adam, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of this saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Next verse, 15. To execute judgment upon all. He comes for this purpose. To execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. So he comes to come and judge these people. Yeah. And the last one I was talking about it. He comes to judge all these people. The world we see, the Bible says, is reserved unto fire. So you have to be careful how you use this world. Don't be a Christian who is worldly. You are so worldly. Okay? Because the Lord is coming to come and judge ungodly men and this ungodly world. And destroy this ungodly world. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's what is spoken of in the Bible. Second Peter 3 from verse 7. I'm just trying to introduce what I want to share with you today. Okay? If you are not careful, you allow the course of this world to flow with you. Or you flow with the course of this world. There's a prince of the power of the air. There's someone who's in charge of the arrangements of this world. It's called the cosmos of this world. The world system. You see. Keep your finger in 2 Peter 37. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And I will come back to this one. It says, And you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespass and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, because of the course of this world. The course. There's a course of this world. You see that we'll be, here, we'll be there and then a certain type of dressing will come. Like everybody is wearing hot pants. Every lady is wearing hot pants. And then you have Christian ladies also getting into hot pants. They just want to catch up with the time. You know, there's a course. It, it just flows. You know, if you've been alive for some time, you notice that from 2000, year 2000 all the way to now, there's been so many changes in the world. So, <laughs> so many changes that have happened in the world. You see, there's someone in charge. It's called the Prince of the Power there, who is in into creating things, pushing certain agendas at different times. Yeah. You know, all for the purpose of revealing the Antichrist, for the mystery of iniquity to come to its fullest manifestation in Satan becoming a man. Yeah. So you'll be there, and then something comes. This one has come, and everybody's going into it. This one has come. Everybody's going. Be careful how you use the word. That's basically what God wants to tell you this morning. Because there's the God of the Lord in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, 3. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Then he says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Wow. He's called the God of this world. He's called the God of the world world. There is cosmos, the God of this world system. He's in charge of how things flow. You see, he's in charge of how things happen. He's in charge of governments, certain governments. Yeah. Making certain foolish rules and laws. How can you say it is, it is okay for everybody to... I mean, there was this law that was passed recently in one of the states in America where a woman can carry a baby to full term, nine months, and then decide that I don't want the baby anymore, so the baby should be... 
terminated. I mean, how can you do that? You carry the baby for nine months. And I understand there's a place where when the baby even comes, the mother can decide, I don't want it anymore. Yes, it's actually done, actually. You can give birth and decide, I don't want the baby. So the baby should go to foster care or something. You know, wickedness, ungodly men. This world is full of ungodliness. It's full of wickedness. People beheading people for rituals. And all kinds of things. Someone will behead. Recently, someone beheaded the son. Richard was a five-year, a five-year-old boy. Richard, and he was apprehended, and he had the, the head of the boy in his hand like this. You know, wicked people, wicked men. There's a God of this world who works in people. He works in people. Second Corinthians four four says, "In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not." The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God should shine unto them. So don't be a child of God who is into following the course of the soul. The Bible says we have been taken away from that. Don't allow unnecessary pressure. You get it? Unnecessary pressure. Everybody is, is getting a car. So you two have to get a car. And what, it doesn't matter what you do to get a car. Even if you step on so many human beings in order to get the car, you do it. And get the car. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Everybody's marrying. So you two, you decide that I'm also going to get married. Allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't allow yourself to be led by worldliness. Don't allow the world to lead you. You see, I'm going to be talking about a lot of things. And it, has to, it will show you what this world is. What this world has become. And why you should not follow it. Why you should not allow it to cause you to live in a certain way. You see. Don't allow yourself to be pressured by this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you read in 2 Peter chapter 3, like I was mentioning earlier, from the 7, the Bible says, But the heavens and the earth which are now, the heavens and the earth that we are seeing right now, by the same word of God, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Have you seen it again? Yeah. yeah. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. What day is that? The day Christ comes with us. That's the day that ungodliness will stop. He will bring a full stop to all ungodliness. And this world is full of it. Full of it. If you look at Titus chapter 2 from verse 11, I mean, I, I just, I, I always like to mention a lot of scripture so that you see what God, is, God has said in his word. So that I don't just talk from my stomach. <laughs> it says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Mm. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Mm. Teaching us, this grace teaches us that denying ungodliness okay. and worldly lusts, mm. we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So he says, you should live soberly. In other words, be content with what God has given you. Yeah. The blessings of God begins with you being content. You start from being content at the level upon which you are. You are on. When you are satisfied with what God has given when you, are content, not when you are content with what God has given to you, you have every right to start demanding, to put your feet to work to go to the next level. Wow. Do you see? Because where, whichever level you are on, it's God who has brought you that, to that level. You are not where you were five years ago. No matter what you are, no matter what you think, you are not on the same level. You are on a different level. So you must start appreciating God for the level he has brought you to. 
that is the, the secret to going forward. If you are not thankful for what God has given to you now, you will not be thankful for whatever you are going to ask him for. And he knows it. He knows it. So you can talk as much as you want. You may not get the answer because you are not... God has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. But what helps you to... One of the things that helps you to access it is your thanksgiving. It's your thanksgiving. So he says, be, be content, be sober, live soberly. Righteously and godly in this present world. Deny ungodliness. Ungodliness. This world, remember, Jesus is coming with us to come and judge all ungodliness. Yeah. Ungodly men and the high speeches which ungodly sinners have, have aborted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since this world is reserved unto perdition, it is reserved unto fire. This heaven will melt like something. Like, you'll be surprised. Sometimes when we talk about it, it's like it's a movie. Like a movie. Because you've not seen some things, some things before. Yeah. Yeah, you've not seen supernatural things happening before. The heavens will roll away. That's what the Bible says, to roll away. Okay, so he says, But the heavens, let's go to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jump to verse 10. He says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I don't know if you are seeing what we are reading. Yeah. Maybe you didn't see. Let me read it again. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which heavens, the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, including the house you are going to be building, and the cars that you are going to be If you buy 75 cars, and Jesus is coming on that day like that. It will melt. I mean, so you should know how to live. Knowing what is coming, you should know how to live. Like, don't live, live with the mindset of impacting lives. Not with the mindset of amassing so much wealth. And having a very strange desire of living in a certain place in the world. So you do whatever it takes to get there. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Next verse, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. You, a child of God, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be? In all holy conversation and godliness. What manner of person should you be? Let's read the Amplified of this. It's nice. Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved. It is in the process of... It is, it is going to be dissolved. No matter what they do. No matter which advancement will come. Whatever it is that will come. And it's, we are not saying it's bad. The advancement should come. It's powerful. We use them as it comes. But you should know that all those things are going to be dissolved. So don't kill yourself. You understand? Like, don't kill yourself to get things. Sometimes you get a new phone. It's so nice. You even wipe it in your, in your new shirt. Or you buy a new car and you can't, you, you just can't. Sometimes you, you want to drive the car and be outside the car at the same time. So that you can see the beauty of the car outside and be driving it at the same time. You have a house here, you want to have a house here, you want to have another house here, you want to have another house here. I mean, you alone, why? That's greed, that's ungodliness. Yeah. It says, since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought each of you to be in the meanwhile? 
in consecrated and holy behavior and devout and godly qualities. Next verse, verse 12 in the Amplified. While you wait and earnestly long for and expect and hasten the coming of the day of God by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will, will flare and melt with fire, but we look for new heavens and a new earth according to his promise. Let's read the King James of this. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, let's read from verse 11 into verse 13. So it makes more. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what man of persons ought he to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That's right to happen. Then it says, Nevertheless, we, we, children of God, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, where there's no cheating. You don't have people robbing people, and people, politicians stepping on so many people just to buy one V8. To steal a million dollars or something. We don't have that in that particular. That is, is, a, is a kingdom of righteousness. Where everybody is, has there's equality. Yeah. No matter how, how much you seek for equality, there are some people who will decide that, no, I cannot be equal with this person. Yeah. It's not possible in this world because of the one running it. The devil is called the God of this world. He's the one running the system. He's the one running the system. It's for him. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what man of person should you be? Mm. Be a different person. Decide that I'll be different. I'll be different. I'll be different. Because this is what passes away. And everything that is in it. On that day, Babylon will be judged. So I was going to tell you about the times of the Gentiles. And mystery Babylon. All the things that humanity has done over the years. The works of man. You see, you see how beautiful things are in this world. When God showed Daniel the vision concerning how things are going to be, he showed them as beasts. All the kingdoms of this earth were described and seen by God as beasts. In our eyes, it is so nice. But in God's eyes, it is, rub- it is rubbish. It is- these are beasts. Can you imagine? Yeah. The way God sees things is different. That's why God, God advises rich men. He says, those charge those who be rich in this world. First thing, let's read from verse... Okay, let me read from... From verse 3 will be nice. Because okay. we don't know who he's talking about. You get it. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but dotting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil submissings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw yourself. Yeah. Let's read the amplified of this. Protracted wrangling and wearing discussion, discussion and perpetual friction among men who are corrupted in mind and bereft of the truth. Bereft is in the Bible. Who imagine that godliness or righteousness is a source of profit. A money-making business, a means of livelihood from such withdrawal. So he says it in a different way. Do you see? Huh. But both are true. Supposing that gain is godliness. It's like the more you are massing, that means that you are, you are really powerful. No, it means nothing. Go, go, to, go back to the King James. Then the next verse, verse 6, says that, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is what? Is great gain. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amplified of this verse. I'm just introducing my message. I'm not, you see, I'm supposed to talk about mystery Babylon and all that. But I'm trying to let you know, because I'm going to talk about the world and how it has moved all. I'm going to give you a, it's just a history. The times of the Gentiles and mystery Babylon, it's just history. I'm going to be telling you about history and how it is now. And how it is going to end. And why you should not follow it. Because if some, you know something is going to end, why do you follow it with all of your life? I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You are better off investing in something that stands forever. Kingdoms come and go. Kingdoms fade. But always, God remains the same. Yeah. You are better off investing in what, in what will never end. Or, I mean, which, who chooses an investment that will, will expire in some few seconds? You put $100 million in it, you know that you don't get anything out of it. You actually lose your money. Because it will be bent. And then you go and put your money there. Is that wisdom? That's not wisdom. So knowing what kind of world we are in and how the world is going to be, you should, you should be wise. Like, don't kill yourself. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Don't kill yourself. Chasing after money and chasing after things and chasing after so many things. I mean, don't kill yourself. Don't, don't, don't. don't. You will not stay here for 100 million years. He says, and it is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment. That contentment, which is a sense of inner sufficiency, is great and abundant gain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 7. King James. He says, for we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. It is certain. It is certain. Someone buried the mother in a, in a, in a hammer. Hammer 2, I think. Yeah. After some times the thieves went to steal, they take the hammer out and drop the body somewhere. Ah, they are more sensible. Why why would you do that? People are buried in caskets with computers and laptops and all of that inside. You can't carry it to the next level. No matter what you do, you can't do it. You can't move. You can't move them. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. If you don't, if you're a child of God and you don't understand why you are here on earth, I pity you. That's a problem. We are not here to gather things. To, 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 it's called sand castles. You build sand castles at the seashore with the sand there. You, you can build whatever you want to build. But the sea, the waves of the sea will just come in a minute, in a second, and just come and then take everything away. That's what happens when you are trying to amass so much. You are trying to do everything possible. The Bible says that if you are unable to feed your children, okay, you are worse than an infidel, and you have denied the faith. You have to be able to feed your children, feed your household, do what you are supposed to do. Get a place for them to stay. Do what you are supposed to do. I mean, it is, that is what you are supposed to do as a child of God. The Bible says that the righteous man liveth inheritance for his children's children. There's nothing wrong with that. Live inheritance for your children's children, but don't kill yourself. <laughs> That's in First Moses chapter 5, verse 8. Look at first Timothy five eight. It says, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith. So if you don't provide for your house, don't say that I'm trying to balance the message that I'm, what I'm saying. Don't say that oh, pastor says you should not do anything. I didn't say that. I never said that. I'm doing something. You should do something. Your, you see, the Bible says the one who does not work should not eat. No contribution, no chop is in the Bible. NCNC is in the Bible. Do you see? So that's not what I'm saying. Okay? First Timothy 5 says, But if any provider for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. What I'm talking about is allowing grace to take over your heart and allowing this world to determine how you live. How you live, the pace of your life, 
how fast you go. No contentment. You are always grasping and grabbing. You are never satisfied. You never thank God for anything. It's wrong. It's, all, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's not supposed to be like that. Always be grateful. Yeah. God says we should. This is the will of God concerning us. Hmm? Give thanks. In all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So go back to that place. First Timothy chapter 6. Just to balance. I said that to balance the message, okay? Yeah. We are in verse 7 now, right? Yeah. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. You see, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. So long as you can clothe yourself, and so long as you can provide food for yourself, so long as you can put a roof over yourself, it's okay. Don't worry yourself too much. Spend money helping others. Yeah. No, if we were, if we had that kind of mindset, nobody, nobody would be on the streets. With a lot of people would not be on the streets. Yeah, but you have one person wanting to have seventy-five houses, and he will steal. He will steal from anywhere, anywhere, any means. Meanwhile, he's a child of God and he's in the church. Most of those people who are professing Christians, they are not Christians. They are, ad- they are identified with the church, but they are actually not Christians. If you are truly a Christian, you think differently. Yeah, you will not be into stealing or stealing everybody's money. For he says, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Okay. Then verse nine says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and hateful lusts, which drown men in distraction and perdition. You see, money, that's what money does. Money will help you fall into many. You see, because if you have money, all of a sudden you realize that ladies love you. You realize that you are driving a very nice car. And as you are driving in town, they are watching you. Like, you are driving your car, you look out, and then someone is just smiling by you. Like, call, it, call me. Ooh, it's amazing. They are adjusting their things for you. It's not a small thing. Hallelujah. He says, those who be rich, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hateful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Then he says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after, this is the problem, people covet after it. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves to with many sorrows. With many sorrows. Wow! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go down to verse 17. Same book, same chapter. Many sorrows. They have denied the faith because of money. Because of this world. I want more. I want more. We used to be satisfied with one shoe. Now we want to have 75 shoes. So that you can wear different. Nobody, you know, sometimes you have people who say, This suit is $4,000, this suit is $10,000. Nobody knows. If you don't say it, we'll never know. A lady's brow is showing. And someone by her said, Oh, your bra is showing. Then she said, Oh, ah, it's a $400 bra. If it shows, it's not a problem. That was her response. So that we can know that it is $400. What a shock. <laughs> wow. 
He says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. So he's not against you being rich. You must be rich. Yeah. The Bible mentions this. He has made us rich. You see. So he says, charge them that are rich in this world. That's verse 17. That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Because riches are uncertain. Today it is there, tomorrow it is not there. But in the living God, no matter how much money you have, it will finish. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they charge them so that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Laying, in, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Wow. wow. So be smart. We are not saying don't, don't be rich. Make the money. But remember why you are making the money. You are making money to lay up in store for yourself a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Use your money for the right things. Yeah. Use your money to sponsor the gospel. Yeah. Use your money to change orphans' lives. Yeah. yeah. Use your money to buy crutches and all of those things for people who can't walk. Job said that I was eye to the blind. I was, I was led to the one who could not walk. Wow. Yeah. I was mouth to the one who could not talk. You see, the way to increasing is by blessing people. Because God, you, you have more. Why should you... You go here today, you go here, you have private plane charter. You can charter a private plane and go and come. Yeah. And do this and do that and do this and do that. Unnecessarily. Oh. Chilling here and chilling there and chilling. Listen, it will pass away. God wants you to have wisdom. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at First Corinthians chapter 7, Preach. verse 29 to verse 31. Mystery Babylon. I'm talking about mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon. That is this world. This world. The times of the Gentiles. How this world is. And the delicacies of mystery Babylon. Yes. She fills people's mouths and people's hearts because of the delicacies that she fills them with. They cannot leave her. Yeah. Jesus said that you can't serve God and serve mammon. God's only competition in your life is money. Money. Yeah. Satan is Jesus' competition in your life. No. Who is Satan? Money. Money is the easiest way of taking you out of the kingdom of God. One of the easiest ways. Hmm? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you like my message. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Mm-hmm. Even in marriage, he says, the time is short. Mm-hmm. Eh? But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Next verse. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. Next verse. And they that use this world as not abusing it. So that's what he's talking about. Don't abuse the world. For the fashion of this world passeth away. The fashion of this world passeth away. Yeah. So don't abuse this world like you are wealthy. First John chapter 2. Let me, I, I'm sure that one will help us say something. First John chapter 2, verse 14. We are worldly Christian. We have they are worldly pastors. They are worldly pastors. They are buying more chains, more watches, more shoes, more suits, more cars, more whatever. How many cars can you drive? How many cars can you drive? God has blessed me. I have cars, but I don't even I don't even right now I don't have a car. Because all the cars that God has blessed me with, other people are, they should be blessed and use some. Yeah, right? Me, I don't have a car. I mean, we are not supposed to talk about myself, so let's continue. 
First John chapter 2. Let's read from verse 14. He says, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Then he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, neither the things that are in the world. Don't love the things that, like when you see a certain house. This is my dream house. Brother, by the time you are ready to build that house, it would have passed and gone. Have you noticed? Yeah. There are houses on your, on your lane that were the best some time ago. If you are going to follow the course of this world, you'll be surprised. You will get Samsung, whatever. Right now, iPhone, what? iPhone 11 Pro was there. Max was there some time ago. Right now, another one is coming, isn't it? iPhone 12 is coming. And then everybody will be rushing for it. S20 has come. It was S7. S7. You are using S7. S7 was flashy. It's baller now, I tell you. It's like you have to keep moving and moving and moving. You buy and sell and do all kinds of things. He says, listen, the time is near. So those of us who, who are using this, don't abuse the world. Don't fall in love with the world. Don't fall like... You're, you are so passionate. Your 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 focus is the next house you are going to build. The, your focus is the next car you are going to buy. Your focus is the next whatever you are going to have. I must travel here. I must... Now or never. Brother, heaven is nicer. It's better. If you can travel, travel. It's not a problem. Now don't behave like that is it. That is not it. Jesus is more important than these things. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. This is the problem in the world. Lust of the flesh. What your flesh wants. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Look at the Amplified. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification. Craving for sensual, all kinds of sensual gratification. Feelings from, and, and you see, it includes, I know what you're thinking about, but you hold on. It includes your body wanting to spend time in certain places. There are different kinds of beds in the world. I tell you, there are beds that massage you whilst you are sleeping. It's a small thing. So, because you want that kind of a bed to sleep on, you will do anything to have it. Yeah. Uh So, from that, all the way to fornications and adulteries and all of that, like your body's moving you, you you have a wife, but then this girl too, and then this one too, and then this one too, and then this one too. For all that is now the last of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, and the last of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources. This one, assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. Because you have this and this and this, you feel that you are secured. Listen, the Bible says, He that sitteth in the heavens will laugh. Because money maketh his soul's wings and fly to the heavens. Yeah. If you've not gotten a problem that's bigger than your money, you think that you, have, you are rich. It's true. It's true. So don't be so content in the things that you have. I have this, I have that, I have that. So this Christian is not my level. 
So there are people in churches who have classism in the, in the system, divisions. We are those who are on this level. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are, you are on a certain level. So a guy cannot even come and propose to you. Some people cannot propose to you because maybe you are driving a car. You live in a certain area. So, I mean, it's like we can't, we can't propose. What's what I'm talking about? Because of earthly things that you possess, you're, you, are, you have assurance in your own resources or in the stability of earthly things. These, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. They don't come from the Father. Humble yourself. Flow with God. Be open. Open your open your, your arms. Embrace all kinds of people. James said that if a rich man walks into your, your congregation and give him a special seat, and a poor person walks into your, your, your congregation and say, oh, you can't you can't find anywhere to sit. There's a problem with you. Yeah, we must treat everybody at the same, equally. Hallelujah. That's the love of God. Jesus' invitation for humanity is for all, it's not for some. Go to the next verse, verse, verse 17. Do you like my message? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's Sunday morning. I don't know where you're going. Yeah. Says, and the world passeth away. This world passeth away. It's passing away. And the last thereof, even the last of the world, is passing away. Then he says, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Hallelujah. The world passeth away. And the last of, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if you want to abide forever, do the will of God. Do what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter 1.24. Maybe when I'm ending, I'll bring some of these things back into it. Okay? For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Have you seen it? But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Go back to verse 24. It says, For all flesh is as grass. Everybody, whether you are green, blue, yellow, whichever color you are, you know, in certain areas, if you if you are white or half cast or it's like you are treated like something, like uh-huh, yeah, or you are fair small, it's like yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Since your flesh is as grass, have you seen grass before? <laughs> and all the glory of man. All the glory that you can have, the glory of man, so long as you are a man in this flesh, or every kind of glory that you can have as a normal human being, mm. it says, it's like the flower of the grass. Mm. The grass with it, and the flower thereof falleth away. So, what is your problem? The flower will fall away, and the grass will wither. Like, advise yourself. Mm. Don't mingle yourself too much with the sword. Yeah, you want to sing the, the songs. You want to be, you want to be, it's a, a wannabe. You two, you are shaking your bottles and putting it because that's the, that's the, that's the cause. You get it? That's the cause of the world. Like right now, everybody's shaking their, bot, their bottoms on Instagram. So you two, you are shaking your bottoms. Meanwhile, I can't shake even. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So all of them are passing out. The Bible says Jesus is coming to come and judge ungodly men. Ungodly men. Say, seeing that, seeing that this is how the world is going to become, what kind of person should you be? You should live your life in all godliness. Expecting your Savior, expecting your Lord. Instead of mingling with unnecessary people. And instead of preaching to them, you are rather, you are the one who is guiding them. You are into evil. You are into manufacturing evil. No, brother, sister. 
advise yourself. Okay? So in Revelation chapter 17, from verse 1, I have long reads for you. I'm going to read so many long things for you today. So that uh, you can see it in the Bible. Revelation 17, from verse 1, we see mystery Babylon being mentioned. And I'm going to start from there to explain how this world has been since the beginning. Since the fall and everything, you know. It says, and there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall that sitteth upon many waters. The judgment of the great hall that sitteth upon many waters. Next verse, verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of fornication. They've been made drunk. When you're drunk, you, can't, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You have been, they have been made drunk with the wine of fornication. Next verse So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast. Scarlet is the color of royalty. Uh-huh. Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. Purple is also a sign, is also a, a color, a color of royalty. And decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a, was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So, He's describing to you the world system. This is the world system. This, this, this is how God sees the world system. As a beast with ten horns, with whatever. Covered in royalty. Decked with gold and all of that. But they are all fake. Next verse. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. The prophet was surprised. Apostle John was surprised. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore does thou marvel? Why are you surprised? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman. And of the beast that carrieth her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. So he shows us that it's actually not a beast. And not. This is just how God sees the thing. But in reality... He's going to show us what it really is. Uh-huh. So let's, let's hear what he says. He says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. I'm going to explain that to you, okay? And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and is yet and yet is. And here is the mind of which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains or seven kingdoms on which the woman sitteth. Next verse. And there are seven kings. Five are falling and one is and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. Now, what is the, what's, what's the meaning of all this? Daniel chapter 2 explains all these things to us. But let me start from here, verse 10. It says, And there are seven kings, five are fallen. So after the time the angel was talking to John, okay, five of the kings, five of the kingdoms, the mountains had fallen. Then it says, And one is, one is right now there. As I'm talking to you right now. That's as the angel was talking to John. And when he cometh, then he says, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So, he's showing you the kingdoms of the earth. 
what has happened over the years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can pick it up from Babylon, Babel, the Tower of Babel, when Nimrod from Genesis chapter 11, but I won't pick it up from there. I'll pick it up from Egypt. So Egypt is the first kingdom, the first official kingdom that had all men flow into it. So that's the very first one in Genesis 46, verse 5 to verse 6. We see even Israel, at that time when Egypt was very big and everybody was going to Egypt, you remember Joseph's story. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and all of that. And Joseph became a prime minister, the prime minister of Egypt, and his family had to come and come and join him, if you remember, if you've read your Bible. You see that they came to come and join him. Now, the day that they were entering Egypt, on that day, they were 75. All of Israel were 75 people. And so, Genesis chapter 46, verse 5. And Jacob rose up from Bathsheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob, their father, and their little ones, and their wives in the wagons, which Pharaoh had sent to to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had got in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his seed with him, all of his seed. Next verse. His sons and his sons' daughters, his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his daughters' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. And these are the names of the children of Israel. So when you go down, you see the name. He says, and the number of the souls of them were 75. You can go down, you see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is the very first kingdom that uh, is is mentioned in that particular place in Revelation chapter um, 17, verse 21. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So he says, the, the woman was sitting on seven, uh, a beast having seven heads, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Then he says, the, head, the seven heads were actually mountains or kingdoms. And the seven kingdoms had seven kings. So Egypt was ruled by the pharaohs. Okay, so Genesis 46, 26. We're reading, we read from 46... Um, Genesis 26, 26 says, And all the souls that came with Jacob into Egypt, which came out of his loins, besides Jacob's sons' wives, all the souls were threescore and six. That is sixty-six. Next verse. And the sons of Joseph, which won him in Egypt, were two souls. All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came in Egypt, were threescore and ten. That is seventy. Okay? And he sent Judah. So they were actually seventeen even. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, that's the very first kingdom that became worldwide. We are talking about kingdoms that became worldwide. Recognized worldwide. And Egypt was the first. Remember, when the hunger came, everybody went to Egypt. Yeah. The whole world at that time went to Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Egypt is the first with their pharaohs. Now, if you've read your Bible carefully, you realize at a point in Egypt, in Israel's life in Egypt, when Moses was born, the Bible says that before Moses was born, in Exodus chapter 1, you can read it, as Israel stayed in Egypt. Israel multiplied. And a king came who knew, who did not know Joseph. Okay? That's verse 8. Exodus 1, 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. The, this particular king was not an Egyptian. Another kingdom took over Egypt. So in Isaiah, read your Bible. Isaiah chapter 52, from verse 3 to verse 4. You see it. Isaiah 52, 3 to 4. For that says the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught or for nothing, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For that says the Lord God, my people went down a fourth time into Egypt to, so- to sojourn there. I just read that to you, right? Yeah. Then it says, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Wow. Not the Egyptian. It says the Assyrian. So the Assyrians took over from Egypt. Okay? Yes. And ruled Egypt. And they didn't know, they didn't know Joseph. 
So they started oppressing Israel. And the reason why they oppressed Israel is that if an enemy should come, Israel will rise up with the enemy and fight them. You can go back to Exodus chapter 1. You see it. Verse 10 now says, Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Lest they multiply and they come to pass that when they fallen out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Have you seen it? Yeah. So it was the Assyrians who did that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's the second worldwide kingdom that was established. Apart from the Egyptian kingdom, the next was what? The Assyrian kingdom. Now, in Daniel's prophecy, Daniel's um, explanation of the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel does not mention, these two are not really revealed because it was past, it was already uh, evident, so it was past. So the angel started explaining, or God, God showed him from that time, from the time of Babylon onwards. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you go back to Revelation chapter. Uh, how do we do it? What do you think? Revelation 17, 10. It says, and there are seven kings. Five are fallen. So as at the time he was talking to John, five of those kingdoms had fallen. They had come and gone. And I'll show you the first one. The first one was Egypt. Egypt fell. And the Assyrians took over. That's two, right? Yeah. Okay, so go to Daniel chapter 2 from verse 29. All the way to verse 46. I'm showing the seven kings and the seven, the seven mountains. Hallelujah. As for thee, O king, remember, remember the story. I don't know if you remember the story. The king had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And uh, he called his, all those people who can interpret dreams that they should come and come and interpret the dream. And they all came, they were all standing there waiting for him to tell the dream. <laughs> then he said, I tell you the dream, you give me various interpretations. I will not do that thing. You give me a fake answer. I don't want that. So everybody should go and find out the dream that I dreamed. And come and tell me the interpretation. <laughs> and the guys were like, what do you mean, king? It has never happened on earth. Nobody, no king has required such a thing from his, his, uh, his Chaldeans and all of that. This is verse 29. So let's go to um, 29. So Daniel was part of those who were supposed to do the interpretation. So he was also going to die. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they decided to pray. And they prayed about it. And God showed them. God showed the vision to Daniel. He showed the dream to Daniel and showed him the interpretation. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. It has never happened before that someone will tell you the dream that you had <laughs> and explain that. Hey, it's not a small thing. So Daniel came to come and explain things to him. So from a story in my face, As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? You see, what should come what, to pass hereafter from here going? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have, more than any living. But for their six, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know that the thoughts of thy heart. Continue. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his, his feet parts of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest to that a stone was cut out without hands which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. This was the iron. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. 
and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Wow. He told him the, the, the dream. I tell you. Then he started explaining. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven has he given unto thine hand, and has made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So he told him that, listen, you are the head of gold. You represent the head of gold. This, these kingdoms are kingdoms that rule, rule over the whole earth that was known at that time. So he says that wherever human beings are, wherever animals are, actually has been given to you by God. You are the owner of everything. You are the ruler of everything. And you are the head of gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that was the Babylonian kingdom. So after the Egyptian Assyrian kingdom, the next kingdom that took over the whole world, I'm talking about the whole world, because they went to capture, the Babylonian kingdom went to capture Israel. If you know, if you know, they went to take, destroy Israel and all of that. Okay? And whenever Israel is destroyed, it means that the whole world is taken before God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so they, they ruled. And he said, you are the gold. The head of gold. Next verse. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be iron, shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all things, shall it break in pieces and bruise. Whereas the thou the feet of toast, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in its of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sowest the iron mixed with my clay. Even as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, and whereas thou sowest iron mixed with my clay, they shall they mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, all these things have meaning, but what I want you to, I just want you to see the seven kingdoms. If you've noticed, he said that the, gold, the, the image that he saw had, the head was made of gold. And he said that was what? The Babylonian kingdom, which Nebuchadnezzar was boss over, was king over. Okay? Yeah. Is that kingdom still around? Is the kingdom of Egypt still around? It's gone, right? Yeah. The Assyrian kingdom is gone. Yeah. The Babylonian kingdom is gone. Yeah. After the Babylonian kingdom, the ones who took over from the Babylonians were the Medes, the Midi, Medo-Persian Empire. Yeah. It was an empire joint. It was two Groups joined together, ruling. They ruled the whole world. It's called the Medo, Medes, M-E-D-E-S. And then the Persian Empire, P-E-R-S-I-A-N. Okay, right after uh, uh, Babylon, that was what happened. It's right there in the Bible, right? uh, I think, uh, um, Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5, when the, the Persians were taking over. From verse 1, you can see it, but not for today. Okay, so that's the third one. Remember, he told you that five have passed. So... Babylonian is the third one. Then the Midi, Middle Persian Empire was the fourth one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says that the image had gold head, then the shoulder breast area was made of silver. Meaning that it was inferior to the first one. Isn't it? Gold is better than silver. As human government or as the times of Gentiles go, the quality reduces. So actually, what we think is enjoy, we are enjoying now. They the what they did cannot be compared to what, what is being done today. Mm. And the quality, the, the fame, the power, the glory cannot be compared. That they had, that they enjoyed and boasted in cannot be compared to what anybody is doing today. Mm. I don't know if you get it. Mm. So, 
The Middle Persian, because the Middle Persian Empire was controlled by two groups that formed the arm, the arm area of the golden image, meaning that it had two sides, one and then the other. Yeah. Please you get it. Yeah. Uh huh. So we had two Middle and Persian. Then it says, as it went down, it became what? It became bronze or brass, right? Yeah. The brass was the empire of the Greeks. So the Grecian Empire took over. This is history. I'm not, what I'm saying is not, you can check it online. It's history. You can check empires of the world and they'll show you from here, you go here, from here, you go here. This book to go over, this book to go over. And that's what God showed to Nebuchadnezzar and hence explained to Daniel to tell him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the next one was the brass, right? Yeah. Brass. And that was the Grecian Empire. The Grecian Empire. That was the waste area. That one was together. It was one, one person who controlled it. So that was Alexander the Great's empire. Wow. Yeah. So he's described as a leopard in the vision in chapter 7. I'll mention that one to you to explain. So in Daniel, they mentioned the same thing in different places, in different ways. Please, you understand? That's right. He says, and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the brass was Alexander the Great. And then, as it goes down, it says, the ties was made of what? Iron. The ties going to the legs was made of iron. That represents, so the next group, the next kingdom that ruled the whole world after the Grecian Empire was the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire had the eastern side and the western side. So, two ties. Wow. One here and then one there. Okay? Then it goes down. So, um, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Middle Persia, Grecia is five. So, after the time the angel was talking to John, remember, in Revelation 17 10, said five have passed away. Five kingdoms have passed, and there are seven kings. Five have fallen. All these kings are the the Grecian Empire was not there when John was being being spoken to. It was the Roman Empire. So he says, and one is that's the set one. Roman Empire was there. That is what was there at that time. Then he says, and the other is not yet come. Okay, which is the other was not that was not yet come. That was the clay part. The clay mixed with iron. Iron is what is the Roman Empire. So there's coming uh, a time where the Roman Empire will be revived in another way. Actually, what we, most of the things we have today have their roots from Rome. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The medium of exchange that we have, the way we, even what we, uh, our, our currency, what um, the dates we have, how the dates, it's called Roman, Roman, right? Roman, the Roman calendar. Yeah. Um, a lot of things. Yeah. Educa- education system. Although almost all those things are from Rome. So even though Rome, Rome, Roman, the Roman Empire has died physically, it has not died. It is still hanging in the system. And one day it shall be revised and come, shall arise again. So he says that that kingdom shall come. And that is what is partly mixed with clay and partly mixed with iron. That's the feet part. So it's called the revised Roman Empire, which, which is yet to come. And that is what the Antichrist will come through. Please you understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's go to the one in Daniel chapter 7. So it explains it, it, it even some more. Okay. Daniel chapter 7 from verse 1 to verse 14. You can read it for yourself. So in that particular side, Daniel saw a vision, and he wrote it down. And in the vision, he saw the first. He saw many beasts. The first one he saw, he says, was like a lion. So go down to verse four. He says there was the first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth. 
and me stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to, to it. It looks like Nebuchadnezzar. So this is the scene. So is this there? He's describing the Babylonian kingdom and what happened. Okay? It looked, it was a lion. It was the strongest of all the animals. Very strong. Very, very strong. Very powerful. Very brilliant and all of that. Then he says, next verse, verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, came. He saw that one too. And it raised up itself on one side. Okay? It raises itself up on one side. That is the Middle Persian Empire. One side of the empire was stronger than the other. The Persian side was stronger than the Midi side. So, that's why it describes it like that. Then he says, uh, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, thereof, uh, uh, of it between the teeth of it. And they, they, and they said that's unto it. Arise, devour much flesh. They killed a lot of people. Next verse. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. This is the Grecian Empire. It was the fastest empire. It conquered the world faster. Alexander the Great conquered the world. He started his conquest from age 18. Yeah. Before he was 32, he had conquered the whole, the, all of the known world. And he was crying for more places to conquer. Yeah, do you see? And amazingly, when Alexander the Great was dying, he did not give the kingdom to his son or anybody who was his family. He left the kingdom and said, the strongest should take it. If you are strong, take the kingdom. He died at age 32. And when he died, his kingdom was split into four and given to his four generals. He had four strong generals who took the kingdom, but it was split into four. So he says the beast had also four heads. One representing each general. And dominion was given to it. I don't forget it. Next verse. That's the Grecian Empire, right? Says, I consider the horns... And behold, there came up among them another little horn. So we are here to get to that. We are coming to talk about the fourth. That's verse 7, rather. Chapter 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. This one was not given a particular name. Though he, what he saw, he could not tell whether it was a lion or was. He could not tell. He said, I saw a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. Iron is what? Rome, right? Oh, yeah. So this is the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was so strong that it destroyed more than any of the kingdoms. It killed more people than any of the kingdoms that ever came before it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, the fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Hallelujah. It was different from the first ones. And when the Roman Empire came, it was as though nothing had ever existed. We don't even, we don't even hear about, you know, we don't hear about Grecian Empire, Middle Persian. It's like it never existed, but they were, they were very strong. But the Roman Empire was, was so dominant, was so dominant that all those kingdoms looked as though they were not, he crushed everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he says, it had, it had ten horns. It had ten horns. Now, if you remember, from the other image, the, the legs become toes, right? The legs are made up of iron. That's the Roman Empire. It, ha- it goes into the feet that has ten toes. Yeah. So the same thing is also seen here. Please you get it. Yeah. So the Roman Empire dies and then it is revised with ten kings. Just like what John saw in Revelation chapter 17. So let's see what the ten horns and the ten toes and all of those things are. Next verse. Go to the next verse. I consider the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Okay, let's not talk about the little horn now. Go back to Revelation chapter 
17, verse 10. Okay, so Revelation 17, 10. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen. Now you know the five that are fallen, right? And one is, that was at that time, that's the Roman Empire. Then says, and the other is not yet come. That is the revised Roman Empire, which is yet to come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. The revised Roman Empire will last for a very short time. That's a seven-year period. It will show up and then introduce the Antichrist for a very short space. Next verse. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. Go back. Let me explain it to you. It says, and the beast that was and is not. You remember this description? Uh, I told you I was going to show you. It was, as we're reading, it was part of Revelation chapter 17. The kingdoms that he's talking about existed. But now they are not there anymore. Yeah. But then they shall be revised. They shall come back again in the form of the Roman Empire. That's what, basically what he's talking about. Okay? Okay. Then he says, And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. What he's saying is that out of the ten kings, the ten horns, or the ten toes, the ten horns are the same as the ten horns. Okay? The ten horns are the same as the ten toes, and they are the same as what we are reading here. It says, and the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. The Antichrist that will come out of the ten, the ten kings, is the eighth. He will establish an eighth kingdom. Did you get it? Yes. Then it says, and he is of the seven. In other words, he comes out of the seven. The seven kingdoms that are passed. And goeth into perdition. In other words, he will be put into the lake of fire. That's what he's saying. Go to the next verse, verse, verse 12. He says, And the ten horns which thou sowest are ten kings. Have you seen it? Yeah. These ten kings are the same as the ten toes that he saw. And they are the same as the ten horns that Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7. Which have received no kingdom as yet. So as at the time John was being spoken to, they have still not come. But received power as kings one hour with the beasts. Okay? Do you remember who the beast is? What is the beast? The beast is the... the uh, <laughs> Go up. Let me show it to you. Sure. Maybe you don't remember. He explains, he mentions what the beast is. Wow. wow. I don't know if you're enjoying what I'm saying. Let's pray. Father, thank you for grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So the beast is, is explained properly in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. Look at Revelation 13, and then we'll go back to the other side. And I stood upon the sun of the sea. And so a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So it's the same beast, isn't it? Yes. Then it says, and the beast, verse 2 describes what the beast is. It says, and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Have you seen it? Yeah. So it's a conglomerate. The beast is a conglomeration of all the kingdoms that have, have come. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. But out of them, another beast shall come out. That is the Antichrist. So back to chapter 17. What we're reading. Let's get to verse, uh, verse 12. Revelation 17, 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the ten ones which thou sowest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beasts. Have you seen it? Yeah. So they are, those are the ten tools like I was talking about. They are yet to show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then it says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. That is unto the Antichrist. Yeah. That's the other beast. Yeah. 
he sometimes describes him as part of the beast, but then sometimes also as another beast. If you go to the one in chapter 13, for instance, um, Revelation chapter 13, you see it. Um, let's read from verse 2. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Okay, then it says, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, and blasphemed his name, and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in, in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with their sins, and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues. Now, go down to verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. Have you seen it? Yeah. Who is that? That's the Antichrist. But then the description that is given to the beast before has to do with the Antichrist as well because he, pers- he persecutes the saints and all of that. I used that scripture for you the last time. Isn't it? Yeah. So verse 12, he says, And he exercised all power of the first beasts before him. Have you seen it? Yeah. Huh. Because they are the same. They are of the same origin. And caused the earth and them which were therein to worship the first beasts whose deadly wood was, was healed. And he, go- he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven Blah blah blah, and deceive the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like this: the Antichrist comes to come and exalt the first, the kingdoms that have passed. Because he comes from them. He comes from the the ten kings that that represent the revised Roman Empire, and then he heals them. He makes people worship them and all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, all these kingdoms that have come and passed, and that are yet to come, represents man's best. The world systems against God. You know, we were discussing this a few minutes ago. It has to do with Babel in Genesis chapter 11 from verse 1. Let's look at Genesis 11 from verse 1. It says, The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as a journey from the east that they found a plain in, land, in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. Okay? This was in, in defiance against God. If you read in chapter 10, you see their leader. Their leader was Nimrod. And Nimrod's name means a great hunter against the will of God. One who fights against God. Nimrod was angry with God that he had killed. Uh, he, he felt God was one who destroyed the whole world with the flood of Noah. And God did. And he was asking God, why, he did, why did God do that? Now, God has said in, the, in Genesis chapter 9, I don't want us to go too much into, into these things. Genesis chapter 9, when Noah came out of the ark, God gave Noah another instruction. Just like he gave Adam at the beginning, that he should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And he told them to not dwell in one place. They should fill the whole earth. God's plan is to fill the whole earth, or was to fill the whole earth at that time. But Nimrod decided that they are not going to fill the whole earth. They are going to stay in one place. So when you got to the land of Shinar, Okay, like we read some few minutes ago. The Bible says that they stayed there. He made them stay there. And he told them, let us build a, a city for us whose top may reach to heaven. He wanted to get to heaven and ask God questions and go and fight God. So go back to Genesis chapter 10, verse 9, where, where you, you showed me some few. It says, verse 8, And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. 
Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, if you read it in King James, you think that he was a mighty hunter in for God, in the sight of God. But actually, in the ISB and in the original Hebrew, it means that he was a mighty hunter against God or in defiance against. That was what Nimrod was. So Nimrod started a tower, okay, building his tower. He was the one in charge of all of them, and he said that they should not continue, they should not move. They were all moving. When they got to the land, the plain of Shina, he said, "This is where we are going to be." We are not going to spread. We are going to stay here. And we are going to build us a tower whose top will reach to heaven. For what purpose? So that we can ask God questions. Genesis 11. Let's read verse 4. It says, And they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. But that was the instruction of God. Yeah. That they should fill the earth. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. That was the instruction of God. They should fill the earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Next verse. To let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from, the, from thence upon the face of all the earth. And they left off to build the city. God frustrated their, their efforts by changing everybody's language. They went, everybody went to bed speaking one language. When they came back the following day, someone was speaking Chinese. Another person was speaking uh, uh, Hindu. Another person was speaking Ewe. Another person was speaking Aramaic. Another person was speaking Gan. All kinds of things. Another person was speaking English. So they had to, those who could speak and understand each other had to move together and go to wherever they wanted to go. God achieved his purpose by scattering the language. And this desire of Nimrod and of the people of that time is the desire of human government. That is why Babylon is named after Babel. You see, so go to the next verse. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. This is where Babylon comes from. That name, Babylon. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, mystery Babylon has an aim of fighting against God. And all the kingdoms of the earth that has come had an aim of fighting against God. That's their mind. They want to be in defiance against God. They ask God questions. That's why the beast has blasphemies. Blasphemy is speaking against God. And the main thing about mystery Babylon is that she's the mother of harlots and fornication. The word fornication means devaluing what God has placed. The word fornication is from the Greek word pornia. And it means to devalue what God has put place value on. So what God says is important, they say it's not important. That's a, that's a mindset. You see, when God says winning souls is important, they said they say that's that's not it. So they've turned they turn the world upside down. We have to turn with the world right side up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So from Egypt to Assyria to Babylon to Middle Persia to Grecia to uh, Roman to all the things that are yet to come, they all have one aim. To be in defiance against God. To insult God. To say to God that he is nothing. That they created themselves. And that they can do whatever they want to do. Without answering or without being questioned in any way. And they do so with money. Their main power is money. Is to use money and uh, uh, governmental authority to oppress people who are in relation with God. In line with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you go back to Revelation chapter 17. If you remember. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 12. Revelation 17, 12. And the ten, king, the ten horns which thou sowest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, 
and shall give their power and strength unto the beasts. Then he says, These shall make war with the lamb. Have you seen it? Their aim is to make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So their aim, the whole aim of the beast and everything, all the things that we've spoken about, the various kingdoms that have come and gone, all of that, is to fight against the will of God. Is to uh, destroy what God has made and to devalue what God has placed value on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when Jesus comes on that day, he will come and judge all ungodly men. All those who followed him. The Bible says that they were drunk with the, with the wine. And go up to um, verse 4. And the woman was, let me read from verse 3. You see it. It says, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet, scarlet colored beast. That's government, eh? Royalty. Full of names of blasphemy. Okay? Full of what? Names of blasphemy. Blasphemy, you know what blasphemy means? Yeah. It means talking against God. Yeah. That's, what it, that's what it is. Having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. And decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination and filthiness of, of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So she's actually a spirit, which is described as a city. If you go down, um, go all the way to verse 16. Let me, let's read from 15. Revelation 17, 15. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, remember she was sitting on waters, isn't it? She and the beast were sitting on waters. He says, The waters which thou sawest, where the, the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes, and nations and tongues. So it's a spirit that functions in every nation, in every tongue, in every place you can think about. I don't know if you get it. It's everywhere. No matter where you go, it's, it's all, all over. Then he says, And the ten ones which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. He says, he calls it that great city. The woman herself is that great city, which reigneth over the kings. Who are the kings? The, the kings and the kingdoms form the beasts. Yeah. And she was sitting upon them. So she rules and reigns over them. You get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, it's a, it's a spirit. Mystery Babylon is a spirit that works in the world systems. As time goes on, it will become a physical city. So, as time goes on, if you look at Revelation chapter sixteen, verse nine, and the great city was divided into three parts. Let's let's read from uh, from a seventeen. Revelation sixteen seventeen. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, "It is done." And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a spirit, and then it becomes a city. He says that city was divided into three parts. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So... On the arrival of Christ, I'm just trying to help you understand something. On the arrival of Christ, Christ would destroy all the kingdoms of the earth. The arrival of Christ is actually the corporate, the stone that was cast with that hand, as was said in Daniel chapter 2. Do you remember? I think we read it. Oh, go to that place. Let's read it quickly and then we'll close. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Look for it for me. I think it's verse 45. Daniel 2 45. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. 44 into 45. Let's read 44 into 45. Oh. 
He says, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, okay, meaning that it is not it is not man made. This is a kingdom that has nothing to do with man. It has everything to do with God. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. So that stone shall crush. All of human government and all that it has done over the years, all the money that it has come with, all the buoyancy it has come with, all the buildings that come with, Jesus will crush everything when we come with him on that day. Mystery Babylon is bent and destroyed completely with the breath of his mouth. And the world system, all that the devil has fashioned in this world, the cause of this world will come to an end. Everything will end. And his kingdom will be established. So that's the Bible says that when that stone hits the image, the image burst and it, became, it went to powder. It was not remembered anymore. And that stone became a mountain in the earth yeah. and filled the whole of the earth. So Jesus is going to take over the whole of the earth when he comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Daniel chapter 7 verse 21 will help you some more. Daniel seven twenty-one to to 27. Wow, so many scriptures. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints. Remember this horn. That's a little horn that comes out with speaking great blasphemies. You can see, you can read the whole of Daniel before the day ends. You can read the whole of Daniel before the day ends. And you can see so many things. It will help you. I'm just giving you a framework for you to be able to understand when you are reading. Okay? And I beheld the same, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Remember, this was said in Revelations as well. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth. That's the Roman Empire, right? And shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. That shall arise. And another shall arise after them. That's the Antichrist. And he shall be diverse on the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So the Antichrist takes over. It's the same thing as written in Revelation. It says he takes over the one horn comes to take away three horns. Yeah. Okay, so he takes over three, three of them. Then he says, he shall speak great words against the Most High. That's blasphemies. Yeah. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That's the great persecution. And think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time, that's one year, and times, that's two, two, uh, three years. That's uh, two more years, making three years. And the dividing of time, that is half. So three and a half years. So Daniel saw it. Next verse. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it in, unto the end. Okay? Remember, he takes over three kingdoms, right? The others will come and try to come and fight with him. Remember? Okay. Next verse. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So at the end of the day, Christ will come, take over, and shall rule. Now, let's look at how Babylon is destroyed, okay? I'm saying these things to help you, so that you don't put your trust in all these things. No, be wise. Be wise. You want to build empires, whatever, you will die and leave it. I'm not trying to water down your ambition. Have an ambition in life. Become something great. But know why you're doing that. 
No to invest in a kingdom that will never end. There's, a, there's another kingdom that is cut out with our hands. It has nothing to do with the image. It's eternal. It's different. It will come and come and stay forever. Invest in that one. Make money and invest in it. Okay? Give your time and your life and your heart to that to help you greatly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation 18 verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hood of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bed. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. It says the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies, meaning that she, she takes over Babylon, that spirit takes over the world, the world financial systems as well. It takes over the economic system completely. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. Hmm? She lived what? Deliciously. Like those who followed him, you live deliciously. He'll promise you. I mean, the devil can say to people, someone said he has sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. And he's living deliciously. It's like he has power to make you live deliciously on earth. Yeah. Sweet, sweet life. Verse 7. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she said in her heart, I sit a queen and I'm no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her place come in one day. What's that day? The day that the Lord comes. Death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judged her. Mm. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived, lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. In other words, when the world financial systems and all those things that she has created false, all the kings of the earth will behold in wonder. They never thought it could have happened, but then it will happen. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all tyne, that is sweet wood, the word tyne there is sweet, and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of and iron and marble and cinnamon and others. I mean, Charlie perfumes near there and all kinds of things. Hallelujah. <laughs> and cinnamon and others and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine fly and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lasted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A smooth shall go up. You can continue, you can read all the way to the end. Hallelujah. Look at verse, look at verse uh, 23. All that is a description of the fall of Babylon. It says, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great was that of prophets and, the, and of the saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. So, Mystery Babylon is responsible for the death of all the saints. Since time began, okay, she lived. The major thing is that she lives deliciously. 
It's like when you join her, you live deliciously. If you follow her, you 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 end up in something else. Hallelujah. On that day, Christ will come, and the Bible says, "Heaven and this earth shall be dissolved completely." Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What manner of person are you going to be? What manner of person are you going to be? Decide to live for the Lord, okay? Decide to live for the Lord. Decide, decide, decide. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse eight. I'm closing. Second Thessalonians one eight. It says, "When Jesus comes, you shall come in flaming fire, mm. taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ." That's what He's going to do on that day. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power? Wow. Wow. Next verse. When he shall come to be glorified in the saints, so in us he is glorified, and to be admired in them, in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, live differently. Live differently. Don't mingle yourself too much. It says, you don't abuse the world. Remember when I began, I mentioned you, don't abuse the world, knowing that it will be destroyed. Know that it will be destroyed. So, live the way God wants you to live. Because all the things you see, all the beauty, all, all the things you are seeing, will be melted away. What kind of a person are you going to be? Decide to live a godly life for the Lord. And decide to spend on the Lord. Spend on the Lord. Give your all on the Lord. Because kingdoms have come and gone. And we can't even remember their names. There's, there was the Mongolian Empire. The Ottoman Empire. The Byzantine Empire. So many things have come. British Empire. All those things have come and gone. We don't even remember them because kingdoms will come and go. But there's a kingdom that will come and will never go. And that's a kingdom I find myself in. And that's the kingdom you and I are in. So let's give. Let's make sure that kingdom is established. Let's make sure the Lord comes on that day, you see, by doing our part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know why Jesus has not come? Second Peter chapter 3. Let's read once again from verse 7. Then I'll close. It says, But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us what? Not willing. That any man, any, should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Guess what? God is depending on us to make sure all men come to repentance. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. Look at Romans 10, 12. He's not come because he wants all men. He doesn't want one to, want to perish. He wants all men to come to repentance. He says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Next verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach when they have not been sent? Guess what? Jesus sent you and I before he, he left. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said, As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He sent all of us. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Look at Matthew 28, uh, 18. Maybe you think you have not been sent. You have been sent. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. He didn't say to only the disciples. It was to all of those who will be born again. And teach all nations. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of that world. Amen. Amen. He's with us. To bring many to him. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all men. All men, not some. All men. And he has sent you and I to do that. We are called ministers of reconciliation. Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm closing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse, uh, let's read from verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Immediately you consult, so he gives you a ministry of reconciliation. To get others to him. Next, verse 19. To wait that God was in Christ. This is the ministry of reconciliation. This is, this is the witness of it. That God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing that their trespasses unto them. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we have been given the word of reconciliation. You have to reconcile somebody. Bring someone close to God. Let someone know that God is not counting his sins against you. If you are watching this morning and you have never given your life to Christ, God is not counting your sins against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you who is watching me who have given your life to Christ already, tell somebody that God is not counting their sins against them. He is ready to have them close to him. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.